Hey friends, and welcome to episode 212 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Cornick, and today's episode is all about addressing a question that so many of you have asked. And the question is this, how do I make myself do things I don't want to do? Let's face it, we've all been there staring down a task we just can't seem to start. The laundry pile growing higher, that report lingering unfinished on our desk, or even just getting out of bed for an early morning workout. Procrastination doesn't discriminate. It's a universal struggle. But what is procrastination, really? At its core, procrastination is the act of delaying or postponing tasks. It's not just about being lazy or disorganized. It's a complex psychological behavior that's often a response to underlying emotions like fear, anxiety, or a deep-seated need for perfection. And let's be honest, in a world where we are constantly balancing work and personal life, it's no wonder procrastination finds its way into our daily routine. But to beat procrastination and get ourselves to do the things we don't want to do, we've got to understand why we procrastinate in the first place. It's also important to know the difference between procrastination and being genuinely busy. In our fast-paced lives, it's easy to confuse the two. Being busy means you have a lot on your plate. But procrastination is when you intentionally avoid specific tasks even when you have the time to do them. So how do we start changing this habit? How do we move from avoiding tasks to facing them head on? How do we get ourselves to do the things we don't wanna do? Well, keep listening because in today's episode, we're talking about why we all procrastinate and how to spot our own delay tactics. You'll hear some quick tricks to beat procrastination and create an environment for focus. I'll tell you how to use the five-minute rule when you don't feel like getting started. And finally, we'll talk about the big reason why you can't rely on just discipline alone to get things done. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing dishes or going on a walk, I know it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 212. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. I think we can all agree that procrastination is just the worst. Well, actually, let me say that again. I think we can all agree that in the moment, procrastination seems like a pretty good idea, but the effects of it can be the worst. And what's really bad is when we're procrastinating 
And then we recognize that it's happening. We recognize that we're procrastinating because it goes like this. We know that we need to do the thing, but we're not doing the thing because we don't want to do the thing. So we don't do the thing. And then we feel bad about the fact that we're not doing the thing. And then when we finally do make ourselves do the thing, it's usually never quite as bad as we thought it would be. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. But to beat procrastination, we've got to understand it. And it turns out that procrastination is more than just putting off tasks. It's like this psychological maze where we often find ourselves lost. And for many of us, it's not about being lazy. It's being stuck in a cycle of stress, avoidance, and then stress again because we avoided what we needed to do. Does that sound familiar? Think about it. How many times have you had a report to finish or a presentation to prepare, but instead you end up reorganizing your closet or you know that you should be prepping for that important meeting, but suddenly it feels mission critical to organize your email inbox right at that moment. Why do we do this when we know it's not good for us? Well, it often comes down to emotions. Oh yeah, good old feelings getting in the way again. Procrastination is like a coping mechanism. It's our brain's way of saying, hey, this task makes me feel uncomfortable, anxious, or overwhelmed. So I'm just going to avoid it for now. It's a short-term fix for emotional discomfort. Your brain is trying to protect you by helping you avoid bad feelings, even though avoiding those yucky feelings now is just going to make things worse in the future. And then... There's the perfectionism trap. You know, we talked about this in the last episode, episode 211. And you know what this looks like. It's waiting for the perfect moment to start something or wanting it to be just right. And spoiler alert, the perfect moment rarely comes and things are seldom perfect. It's also crucial to differentiate between being busy and procrastinating. We're all busy. We are all busy. Newsflash, you are not the only busy person in the world. We are all busy (laughs) with work, family, trying to squeeze in some me time. And you know that I believe that busy is not a badge of honor. But sometimes busy is a fact of life. Being busy isn't bad, but using busy as an excuse for bad behavior? Well, that's definitely not okay. The interesting thing about procrastination is that it sneaks in when we're avoiding specific tasks, even when we have the time available for them. It's choosing to do something else because that one task just feels too daunting or unappealing. So how do we climb out of the procrastination maze? Well, like the first step to most things, the first step here is awareness. The first step is awareness. We need to catch ourselves in the act and understand why we're doing it. Are we scared of failing? Are we waiting for that elusive perfect moment? Or are we just overwhelmed by the magnitude of the task? What exactly is going on here? Recognizing these patterns is the first step towards making a change. And don't worry, we are all in this together. Let's learn to be kind to ourselves and remember It's okay not to have it all figured out. What matters is that we're taking steps to understand and overcome these hurdles. 
So now that we've explored what procrastination is all about, let's get into how we can identify our own procrastination patterns. It's like becoming a detective, going all Harriet the Spy in our own lives, and trust me, it's quite an eye-opener. Think about the last time you caught yourself procrastinating. What was it that you were avoiding? Was it a daunting work task? Or was it maybe something as simple as doing the dishes? The key here is to start noticing what exactly triggers your procrastination. Is it the scale of the task? Is it the fear of not doing it perfectly? Or maybe just not feeling up for it? Here's a strategy that I use with my one-on-one clients who are really struggling with procrastination, and that's keeping a procrastination tracker. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It's just a simple note-taking exercise. All you have to do is open up a note on your phone or grab a little notebook that you probably already have sitting around in your house somewhere. And then whenever you find yourself dodging a task, jot it down. Write down the task and what you chose to do instead. Write down how you felt and any thoughts you had about the task. And remember, this isn't about judging yourself. It's about understanding your patterns. After a week, take a look at your notes. You'll probably start to see some trends. Maybe you procrastinate more when a task requires a lot of upfront planning, like pre-work. Or maybe you procrastinate when you're just not in the right headspace for something. And this is powerful because once you know your triggers, you can start to work on specific strategies to overcome them. So for example, if overwhelming tasks are your kryptonite, breaking them down into smaller, teeny tiny steps can be a total game changer. It makes the tasks seem more manageable and less intimidating. Or if boredom is the issue, maybe that's why you're avoiding doing the dishes, try coupling the task with something fun, something enjoyable, Maybe it's listening to your favorite podcast like this one, or it's popping on Spotify, or it's popping on Spotify in your earbuds and re-listening to the vault tracks from 1989 Taylor's version. Or maybe that's just me. The aim here is to get curious about your habits. Instead of beating yourself up for procrastinating, let's investigate and understand why it happens. This understanding is the first step in changing those habits. Remember, it's all about taking small steps toward better managing our time and being more productive. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but 
you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. All right, so now that we've got a handle on identifying our procrastination patterns, let's move on to some practical strategies that can help us kick these habits for good. It's all about turning insight into action. So let's dive into five practical strategies that can help us get moving and stay on track. Strategy number one, make it smaller. Oh yes, the magic of breaking things down. When a task feels too big or overwhelming, it's easy to keep putting it off. The trick is to break it down into smaller, more manageable pieces. Instead of thinking, I need to complete this entire project, I need to write this entire chapter, I need to create this entire slide deck, I need to wash all of these dishes, (laughs) focus on the first step. It could be as simple as just writing an email or drafting an outline or doing some initial research or washing one dish. Small steps lead to big progress. Strategy number two, use the five-minute rule. So let's talk about the power of the five-minute rule. So this is a personal favorite of mine. When you're really not in the mood to start something, tell yourself you only have to do it for five minutes. That's it. Set a timer and go. More often than not, once you've started, you'll find that it's easier to keep going. It's all about overcoming that initial resistance. And I find that the five-minute rule can be used all over the place. You just have to pick up the house for five minutes, or you just have to walk on the treadmill for five minutes. You just have to work on this presentation deck for five minutes. Most of the time, I keep going. All right, strategy number three is setting specific, realistic goals. Vague plans like, I'll work on this sometime this week, that's procrastination's best friend. Instead, be specific. Decide when and where you'll work on the task. Schedule it like you would an important meeting. This clarity reduces decision fatigue and makes it more likely that you'll follow through. Every year, I host a goal-setting workshop called Ready, Set, Goals. And we definitely get specific because that's a key part, a non-negotiable of turning your goals into accomplishments. All right, strategy number four, build a system. Sometimes procrastination can feel easier than tackling something on our to-do list because that task feels complex or complicated. So instead of being intimidated by it, how can you create a system, a workflow, or a routine to help yourself get it done? And a system doesn't have to be anything fancy. One example is as simple as putting your running shoes and your workout clothes next to your bed to make a morning workout just a little bit easier. 
When you've got a system in place, that thing that you don't want to do might feel just a little bit easier and you'll be less likely to procrastinate. When I work with my one-on-one clients to create systems that help them stop procrastinating and get things done, we get very specific. Because the more specific you can be about your system, the less likely you are to skip a step and the more likely you'll be to follow through. The secrets are in the systems. And strategy number five, create a productive workspace. Because having a motivating environment plays a huge role in stopping procrastination. Organize your workspace in a way that makes you feel comfortable and productive. If clutter distracts you, take a few minutes to tidy up. Light a candle, play some music, or open a window for some fresh air. The right environment can significantly boost your motivation. That's something that I've been doing gradually over the last year or so, is adding little touches to make it feel more comfortable, which makes me look forward to going into my office and getting things done. And I will say this, don't use getting organized and tidying up as an excuse to procrastinate, because I know we can all be guilty of that one. Set a timer, get the tidying done, and then get on with it. So finally, let's talk about building discipline. I've heard friends and clients who are overwhelmed say this so many times. I just need more discipline. I just need more discipline about how I'm spending my time. And I hear you. I get that. But the weird thing about discipline is that you can't just turn it on and off like a switch. I mean, sure, there are times that you do have to summon every ounce of energy and discipline you have within you to do something that you must do. But discipline isn't always just there, ready for you whenever you need it. So instead of focusing or relying on discipline and then being frustrated when you can't will yourself to do something, try focusing instead on some of the strategies that I just shared with you. Create a system. Use the five-minute rule. Make sure your workspace is set up for success. And most importantly, Remember that overcoming procrastination isn't about being perfect. It's about making progress. It's about taking those small steps one at a time and not being too hard on yourself if you slip up. We're all human after all. And for those moments when it feels overwhelming, remember the power of pausing and taking a breath. Sometimes a short break to collect your thoughts can provide the clarity and energy that you need to tackle the rest of your day. So there you have it. How do we make ourselves do things we don't want to do? Summoning discipline is never easy, but when you know your personal procrastination patterns and understand why you're putting things off, that can tip you off to the best strategies for taking action. You might use the five-minute rule to get yourself started. You might put systems in place to make doing the thing easier. And you might even find that creating a workspace that helps you focus is the key to unlocking your best getting things done energy. If you're struggling with making yourself do things you don't want to do, I challenge you to try at least one of the strategies that I shared in this episode. And if you want a little extra credit, a little gold star, check out the book Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. It is my hands-down favorite book on habits because it takes a personality-based approach to making things stick, and I will be sure to link this one in the show notes for you. And if there's one thing that I want you to walk away with, it's this. Everyone struggles with discipline. You're not alone. 
Overcoming procrastination and finding your version of work-life balance is a journey, a meandering one at that. It is not a race. Be kind to yourself, celebrate the small victories, and remember that progress, not perfection, is what counts. I hope today's episode has been helpful and has given you some actionable strategies to take control of your time and productivity. Y'all, we are all in this together, and I believe in each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And if you know someone who's struggling with procrastination or discipline, and they could use some actionable tips with a side of compassion, I hope you'll share this episode with them. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 212. Before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode. Next week, I'll be joined by Emily Ballesteros to talk about the cure for burnout and how time management fits into the burnout cure. You won't want to miss this one, so make sure that you're subscribed so you get this episode as soon as it goes live. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.